This is Mackenzie Milton, and you're listening to One Night Stand. Caught with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh-huh. Caught with yeah. straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then okay, pop Okay, we poppin' champagne like we won a championship game. Look like I got on a championship game. Cause I ball hard. Don't be by harder. This is One Night Stand. What up, night fans? It's Monday, August 26th, game week, just three days until UCF football kicks off Thursday. On today's show, we're going to talk a little bit about that FAMU game. Brandon Wimbush named the starting quarterback. Do a little recap on the Gator vs. Hurricanes game in our hometown last night. And Money Moves picks are back, so we're going to get you guys some money this week with his picks. And speaking of, I'm with Money Moo. Guys, it's been a while. Well, well it's, it's been like a week. A but week. But it has been a while since I feel like the last show we did was kind of just like, uh, hey, we're back. This is like really into it now. Season two, by the way, of the One Night Stand podcast. Yeah, season two. We're back. Football's back. Everything, like my life feels normal again. Honestly, and you know, this happens every year where like we get the first football game and I'm like, what the hell did I just do for the last six months? <laughs> well, you know what I did is I complained about no football. Absolutely. I, how do we, I don't know. We made it though. We were just talking about like our schedules for the next couple months and I really don't have a free weekend other than football or I'm traveling until like the end of the year. Well, actually, we <laughs> this is funny. We were actually, we we're looking at your schedule and or you know your whatever stuff you were doing for the next you know to the end of the year and we noticed there was an empty weekend just um, one just one and it was, i was like oh that's funny that's uh that's the pit game um uh, maybe we should look up flights and i don't know one thing led to another and money moves going to pit we're going so let's go yeah so um look look out for us there you know we'll be in the front row obviously at the pit game but yeah, so football is back, and we're going to get into all that. First thing is Hypo finally named a starting quarterback. Brandon Wimbush, not really a shocker to anyone. Um, so I guess, you know, he's the guy. But there's a lot of different ways you can look at this. For me personally, I don't think it means anything because honestly, this was going to happen no matter what. Even if Dylan Gabriel, even if Hypo thinks Dylan Gabriel is going to be the starter all year, he's not going to name him the starter week one. Like, why show your hand? So, really, I think this really doesn't mean anything. What do you think? I think you're right. I interpreted it a few different ways. One could be that, you know, it's a very vanilla uh, Hypo kind of thing to do, is just Wimbush is the number one, and more than likely, UCF will be up by you know, five, six touchdowns, and then Dylan Gabriel will get a shot near the end. It also depends a lot on whether or what time Dylan Gabriel comes into the game. Now, let's say Wimbush plays the first quarter and it's like 10 nothing, right? <laughs> Not okay. a chance. Not a chance. Well, you know, looking back at the last few years of UCF football, even when we've had an amazing offense, we haven't really, like, destroyed a team like, you know, 60 to nothing or anything. Can we beat, well, we beat UConn the first game last year, like 56 to 14 or something, but. Right, but it kind of started off a little slower. Yeah, and then even, you know, our FCS game last year, SC State, 
Right. It was, 30, it was only 38 to nothing. Right. And, we were and at halftime, it, it was yeah. even less. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it depends on what time Dylan Gabriel comes into the game. You're saying the timing of him coming in matters because, like, is he going to get meaningful minutes or is he just coming in garbage time right. as a backup? Exactly. And I think what you're getting at is that, so if he comes in when, like, you know, the game's actually kind of close or not, you know, we're not up by four touchdowns, then you're saying that he's getting a legit chance at maybe winning the starting job as opposed to coming in when the game's out of hand and he's just getting backup reps. Right, and here here's another thing that I don't think you've thought of yet is that what if he goes series for series? What if he names Wimbush as the starting quarterback? He runs down the field. Say, say he's the starting quarterback, right? Right. Three and out. Yeah. Like two incompletes and then a eight-yard McCray run or and something. And then DG comes in. And then DJ comes in and is six for six and they score a touchdown. Then what the hell do you do? Whatever happens in the game shouldn't affect their plan. Like, you're either going to alternate them or do quarter per quarter or whatever. I think, honestly, I mean, you got to let the guy get a rhythm. I, I would say, you know, give him like three drives each or something like that. You can't just go, you know, flip-flop back and forth because, you know, I mean, you might – call a running play it doesn't work and it kills the drive it's not the quarterback's fault now he kind of loses momentum and confidence um you know honestly I don't know but I mean I've been saying this all along I'm still on the Mac train I mean love Wimbush I think he's good I don't think he's I don't think he can make us really undefeated you know he's not like that next level and I think DG is going to be great but he's too inexperienced to lead us to the promised land also I'm hoping Mac is going to be back and all this stuff doesn't matter, but we don't know about that. So I think you're right. We don't know about that. But the thing is, is that what if Mac is ready to come back for the second game and all of a sudden either Wimbush or Gabriel has an amazing game against FAMU or FAU? Yeah, I, I feel like that this is going to be a question that we're going to keep having every week yeah it just is what it is it's a it's a good problem to have you know that we have three really four starter worthy quarterbacks for i mean but i think it's really a three-man race between mac uh wimbush and gabriel yeah i can't remember when really there was ever any kind of quarterback controversy at ucf normally it was like like who the fuck's gonna start for us (laughs) or like who's the least bad and uh, now it's kind of the opposite. So I guess it's not really a bad problem to be in, but it'll definitely be something that we're probably going to be talking about this every single week. Yep. Um, <laughs> but that's good. Hey, you know, we need the content, so that's great. And I think we talked about this like two or three shows ago, like last season, but over under starting quarterbacks for the year, like different starting quarterbacks, two and a half. Over or under two and a half different starting quarterbacks. So I think I tweeted this out in the off season. And I think I put it at two and a half. However, I didn't say starting quarterbacks. I said, how many quarterbacks would throw a pass? Oh, well dude, that's easily three, probably four. I mean, okay. So starting quarterbacks, yeah. um, cause that means something like, I mean, different guys can get action. That doesn't mean anything. Starting quarterbacks means like different people are right. doing better. I guess and, that's how I should have phrased the yeah. question <laughs> to begin with over under two and a half. Uh, I could, it's definitely gonna be two, at least. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. It, it's oh, that third wait, one. Wait, actually, I mean, I'm gonna question myself on this. What if Wimbush is just the guy? Then it's not. I mean, if Wim, 
nobody that I've talked to has like that much confidence in Wimbush. Do you think? Yeah, but I mean, honestly, I mean, he could go out there and just like start lighting it up. Yeah, but and, and here's the thing. I mean, he he's a fifty percent passer, which is not good at all. Like, especially because a lot of passes are like easy passes. And I mean that's like a seventeen percent discrepancy versus Mackenzie Milton, who was like sixty-seven. Actually, it was seventy percent one year. That's a big difference. And from you know people I've talked to and stuff, he's good, but he's just not that consistent as a thrower. And I, you know, in a offense like Coach Heupel's, where we're you know taking shots downfield all the time, I mean, you kind of have to be able to throw the ball decently. But I mean, honestly, I've watched like I watched like one highlight reel of him, so I really don't know that much i just know what people say um but that's why you know i'm excited for this family game because we're gonna blow them out but we get to see these guys in action yeah in three days we'll know <laughs> three days but will go. we honestly we'll probably have <laughs> we'll probably have more questions after the family game yep, i was just about to than say we that. do now because <laughs> like wimbush will like have some bad passes and have some great plays gabriel will look like mckenzie milton and we're just going to come back to the microphones next week and be like, uh, we know nothing still. But yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. So anyway, um, so besides Wimbush, the depth chart was released. Not really many surprises on that. A um, couple good things, though. Tony Gray, the offensive lineman transfer, and Cam Good, the D lineman, both got their waivers cleared or whatever by the NCAA. So they're immediately eligible. Our offensive line is very solid. But it obviously doesn't hurt to have very solid. Didn't I say months ago that this would be a top five offensive line in the nation? Okay. So we're like super solid. I will reiterate that. (laughs) Top five offensive line in the nation. Top five running game in the nation as well. (laughs) Top one running game. Market. Top one running game. But anyway, um, you, you can be the best or whatever, but depth is also an important thing because, as we know, injuries happen. So it doesn't hurt to have some depth on the O-line. And then obviously D-line is the one thing really that we're, um, you know, we kind of lost last year. We lost a lot of guys and we've got Cam Good who was, you know, turning some heads during camp and stuff, but we didn't know if he was eligible. Well, he is. So he's definitely going to make an impact for us at a position where we're kind of uh, young and not that deep at. So that's definitely good. Was there anything else on the depth chart that kind of stuck out? I guess we did name a place kicker finally. Yeah, Dylan Barnes wins the job over Dan Obarski. Obarski, though, will be on kickoff duty. Take the uh, Delahaye role or whatever. <laughs> Loser. Pretty much. But uh, Barnes was the backup to Matthew Wright uh, for the last two seasons, so he does have a little bit of experience, and he's a tad bit older. He's a redshirt senior, so... We should be looking to not miss a step there in the kicking game. Yeah, I mean, you know, we talked about this last week, but kicking never was, it never, like, none of our games came down to it. But normally in football, they do. We just were blowing everyone out. So it's definitely important to have good guys in uh, at the specialist position. We do have a redshirt freshman punter, though. Although we don't punt a whole hell of a lot, that could come down. Is punting Sorry. that hard? Just kick it, like, right? Well, you would think. Unless you're I mean, trying to do, like, the coffin corner thing, but even the guys in the NFL aren't that. Just f- kick it really freaking hard, right? Uh, you got me, man. Uh, I don't know. I mean, dude, no, 
No offense, and Mac Laudermilk is very good. And if you watch some of the videos he's put out, like, dude, he is nailing it, like, in the corner, within five yards, like, right in that corner, out of bounds, which is hard to do. But most of the time, you're just, like, kicking as hard as you can. So, I, I don't know. Just kick it really hard. Am I a special teams coach? <laughs> <laughs> um, you, could, you could be hired as special teams coach. Yo, I, I think just I think kick it, it really hard, guys. Kick it re- you know, and between the uh, between the uprights too for the field goal guy. You're hired. Um, yeah, looking at this uh, depth chart for kick returner, there's four people listed: uh, AK, Otis, McCray, and Marlin as kick returner, and then just Otis, Marlin, or Richie Grant. Little surprise there as punt returner. That could be something special. I mean, Richie Grant, he's a great interception returner, so I'd assume that transfers very well to punts as well. And, uh, yeah, so first game is this Thursday, 7 p.m. kickoff. Is it on CBS Sports? It's actually 7.30. 7.30 kickoff. Um, It's on CBS Sports, I think, right? It is on CBS Sports, and I've got a lot of questions on Twitter. I don't have cable. How can I get CBS Sports? Hulu streaming service has a one-week free trial if you're cheap and you just want to see the uh, the UCF game. They have a one-week free trial, no credit card necessary. Um, if no you credit card, yeah, the credit, no credit card's card. what gets me. Or I use someone else's Netflix, but there was this one time where I was like drunk and like wanted something on TV, and I signed up for a Netflix free trial at someone else's house, and I'm still getting charged for it, and I can't figure out how to cancel it. Um, so I'm a, I'm a real sucker for like the free trial thing. But you're saying you don't have to put your credit card in? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a one-week free trial. Um, of also, C- U- YouTube, YouTube TV is another streaming service that has all of the channels that UCF normally plays on. Um, ESPNU, ESPN News, CBS Sports, all that. So check that out. Or you can go on Facebook and check out any of the UCF watch parties in your local area. I'm sure there's a bunch. Yeah, so really anyway, no excuse if you're not going no to the excuse. game. So, yeah, that's how you can watch the game. Hopefully, you're at the game. But I know a lot of people have to work and stuff, can't make it up. And that's totally normal on a weekday. So we'll give you a free pass for that. I'll be there. Find me, I guess. I love meeting everyone that uh, listens to the show. And that's definitely cool. But I will be there if you want to find my section. I'm in 134, front row. Come by, say hi. Maybe bring me a beer or something if you're in the cabana. Um, but I'm definitely excited. So this is more like a scrimmage, honestly, because FAMU, they're like not even in the same division, whatever. Um, we're going to probably win by like 40 or 50 points. But do you think it's important that we come out and we're like not sloppy or don't make any mistakes like that? Or is this a game where we want to get that kind of stuff out of our system get the rust out work through the kinks and stuff get that out of the way so we're like better for the rest of the year no we don't have rust i think we're we're, we're, we're a rust free yeah football program we're just going straight into total domination one and oh okay because like so like the gator game last night i mean i don't know if you watched that that was ugly and they made disturbing they made like so many mistakes and stuff like that, but I was like, "Look, I mean, if there's a better, if there's a good game to get this out, it's your first game. As long as you don't lose, if you make a bunch of mistakes, then you can build on that for the rest of the year." Um, yeah, but some of that stuff I was watching was like inexcusable. Like dude. what? Oh, it, this is just what happens when you get a bunch of four or five star guys, a bunch of cocky guys, you know, on a team, and they just don't gel. You know, 
UCF is all about family. It's about being a part of a group. It's one about being a team. One heartbeat, exactly. <laughs> so, like, after seeing that game and, like, Miami gets a bunch of four or five-star recruits, I don't want four or five-star recruits at UCF. Give me all the three... Give me all the two-star guys with the chip on their shoulder that want to be part of a team. Isn't Richie Grant two stars? Or Possibly. Two, three, know. whatever. Not four or five. You know, that's the thing. We get in arguments. Like, FSU on Twitter, the only thing they have is like, oh, we crushed the recruiting, blah, blah, blah. It's the only thing I can say right now. I'm like, dude, it doesn't matter that much. Like, yeah, obviously there's a correlation between five-star recruits and making the NFL. But – just because you're a five-star doesn't mean you're going to be a good college player. And just because you're a two-star doesn't mean you're going to be bad. Like, right. Like, I even watched last night after... <laughs> so, I think Miami had, like, a fourth and 34 at the end of the game. Some crazy fourth down. Yeah, they had, like, eight fourth right. downs. And so, they threw, a pa- they threw a pass for, like, 10 yards. Which is not going to be a first down. And this dude had, like... The worst pass interference. He just tackled penalty. the guy. He should have just let him catch the ball. So anyway, they got an automatic first down, but he's on the sideline, and the Gators head coach Dan Mullen is is he's not really yelling at him, but he's kind of like talking to him, he's coaching him. And the smirk on this dude's face, like he was like laughing about it. It's not like, funny. This is not funny. That should have cost him and the that game. That would never happen at UCF. Never. I yeah, I don't know. I mean, that whole game was sloppy. Like. Dude, how many delay of games did Miami have? A ton. Like, at least 10. I'm not even exaggerating. Like, they must have had at least 10 delay of games, which I don't understand. Like, look at the shot clock or whatever. Like, when it's at two, snap the ball. The play clock? Or the, <laughs> the play <laughs> clock, whatever. But, yeah, let's talk about that game, actually. So, the Gators, ranked number eight, did not look like a top 10 team. Absolutely. The funny thing will be is, like, do they move up in the standings? Well, I mean, week. it depends on, like, what the top seven teams do. But I would be fading the Gators hard the rest of the year. But they had one of the best defenses last year, and they didn't really lose anyone, though. And I feel like that's something they can improve on every week. I mean, let's be real. If the Gators didn't have a bunch of those turnovers, that game could have easily been, like, 35-6. to six. Like, the Gators were the better team. They just kept giving Miami chances, which is awesome because every time they coughed up the ball, we saw the turnover chain which I am personally a huge fan of. I think that is so cool. I love props, gimmicks. Uh, they scored a touchdown. He had on like the turnover brass knuckles or something like that. Um, I think that kind of stuff's awesome. Uh, and I honestly, it, I know it'll never happen because Hypo is like kind of vanilla, boring, whatever. But I think we should have some kind of thing at UCF because, like I said, I just love gimmicks and stuff. What do you think? I don't think we need gimmicks. I think that's the worst idea I've ever heard. It's awesome. I don't I don't like it one bit. It's the whole like oh millennials need like a reward for just doing their job kind of thing. Yes. You know I need I mean? a reward. Give me a treat. Like I need a reward. No, but they don't. That's the thing. It's like UCF the way that our program was built is I've said it already this time, this pod is that they're built on unity on a team and you're like rewarding just individual you know achievements and this needs to be a team if the team wants to get together and have like one thing and maybe not like recognize that one guy right so like a turnover like i don't know community thing (laughs) or something i don't know turnover hot tub yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> Dude, that would be awesome. Yo, that'd be okay. Sick. I just switched my. I changed my mind. Yeah. That would be cool. I no, I, I get what you're saying though, because you know Dude, the turnover hot tub. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get what you're saying though, because honestly, like some of those turnovers are dumb. Like the guy just. The guy was like looking around, and the ball just happened to like fall in his lap. And right. It's like you don't deserve a turnover chain. Like the guy that punched the ball out does. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. You know. Yeah. So, so. All right. So turnover, turnover hot tub. Hot, well, no. I mean, we're getting a lazy river or something like that. I feel like we could <laughs> maybe just add on <laughs> turnover. Yeah. Turn no turnover hot tub or like I a change sco- my mind. I a like school it. bus, dude. Everyone hops in the bus. I don't know. <laughs> Turnover hot tub. All right, cool. That's what it's So, um, yeah, definitely going to ask Danny White about that when I see him on <laughs> Thursday. Also, though, Smash Mouth going to play at the first game, right? Thursday? I'm sad I'm missing this. Yeah, so that's a band that I was, like, very excited for, and then I lo- was, like, looking up when their songs came out and realized the college kids now weren't even born when Smash Mouth was, like, a thing. Really? Yeah. They were popular in like 2000 or like 1998. The freshmen now are born in 2001, dude. Oh shit. <laughs> yeah. That's horrible. Why? So a lot of time when like there's bands playing and everyone's excited, you're just like, "Oh, they're like before my time." That's what the freshmen are saying about Smash Mouth. They're like, "Oh, this is some like old band and for all of us we're like excited for it." <laughs> and it just makes me feel really old. I mean, they did have they had, they had that Shrek song or whatever, right? I'm a believer. Parking lot or something? No. no. Well, they had wa- first they had Walking on the Sun. No, All Star was the best song, though. All Star, yes. Yeah. Was, that was, was like good song. The, the song. The rest of their songs are like remakes or some shit. Well, Walking on the Sun is a pretty good song. It's a good song. Hit, All, num- it's hit also- number one in the U.S. Walking on the Sun, All Star, can't get enough of you, baby. Can't get enough. Remake, dude. All these songs are remakes, I'm pretty sure. Well, it's still a good song. Yeah, but I don't know. All Star was good, though. Like, Look, for a free frigging concert, I think it's a pretty damn good job. By yeah, UCF. I mean, to be honest, it could be like Jay-Z, and I probably still wouldn't make it. I don't even know where that <laughs> thing is. The Iowa it's like Plaza. right in front of the state, right in front of the stadium, like right outside the towers. I- Beats yeah. me. I've never. You've I've probably no walked past it like a million times. Yeah, probably. But Jay Z wasn't there, so. Uh, yeah. So anyway, that's cool. It's nice having a band that makes me feel really old to uh, commemorate the first game. Let's talk about the spread. Okay. So, for like the tailgate you, spread, like a little no. buffalo chicken dip or <laughs> chip con salsa. <laughs> All right. No, we're talking about the spread for the FAMU game for newer listeners that haven't been with us for the last year, we like to gamble a little bit. Put uh, a few... A lot of bit? Put a few shekels, a few dimes, a few nickels on a couple of the games. Yeah, I bet on everything, so... <laughs> so anyway, if you're new to sports betting, I'll give you a little rundown on how the spreads work. So for the FAMU game, UCF is minus 45.5 against FAMU. So basically, they have to win by 45.5 points or 46 points to basically cover the spread is what it's called and you would win your bet. So like as an example, the Gators were a seven and a half point favorite last night. So if they won by eight and you bet the Gators, you won. They only won by what four. So people correct. that bet on the Gators last night actually lost even though the Gators won because they didn't win by enough points. That is correct. That is your gambling 101. <laughs> 
the simple form of gambling 101. Ho! Anyway, so uh, UCF being minus 45 and a half uh, against FAMU, it's kind of hard to predict what FAMU is going to do because there's really not a whole lot of uh, information about FAMU. You know, I have a lot of the power rankings and um, projections, which is all for UCF, which is all we can go by from now because we're obviously O and O, and this is week one, so that's all we can. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what FAMU is. They weren't in the giant college football magazine thing that I bought. Um, they have a marching band. That's what everyone talks about. But no, the- it's funny. It's funny you say that because there's they've been running the the promo commercial for UCF FAMU on CBS Sports. Oh, really? And Yeah, and I've seen it a couple times now, and the only thing that they keep going back and forth between FAMU and UCF, but the two UCF clips they show is of the football, and the two FAMU clips, they only have clips of the band. <laughs> yeah, I dude, every, like, apparently people are, like, mad that their band's not coming, but they wanted us to pay for their band to come? Yeah, no. I I mean Absolutely you know what not. I love I love the band it's it's nice we have entertainment we paid for Smash Mouth the band is a great part of college football like I love hearing the and I can't even sing it the fight song and the whatever um it's nice but I'm not gonna pay someone else's band to play their like crappy songs no that makes I no bet sense. you Smash Mouth would do it for like two hundred bucks if anything I'll roll, pay fam you just roll them from the outside of the stadium like a couple wheelchairs I'll, like into the stadium I guess they put there. on a good show but like. I don't want to. I'll pay them not to come, and I'll just watch like the Drumline DVD or something like that at night. Yeah. It's the same thing. So yeah, I don't. Or I don't get the band. Kind of like my Smash Mouth idea. Just bring Smash <laughs> Mouth out for the halftime the encore. Dude, we totally like went way off topic. Are we betting right. the spread or not? Are we gonna win by seven and a half touchdowns? Six and a half touchdowns? Okay, so this is not. I repeat, not an official money move pick of the week. But I will say. I am staying away from this game. I'm okay. not betting UCF. I certainly am not betting on FAMU. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to take a backseat to this. Look, Hypo, you've said it before, very vanilla. We don't really tend to like blow out teams or run up the score. Dude, 45 and a half is a lot of points. I mean, it could be like a it could be a stellar defensive performance. We could win 42 zip. And it'd be, you know, a great game. Everyone, the defense played awesome. The offense played awesome. Yeah, but... But 45 and a half. But, dude, when we're up, like, 28 nothing, if you didn't bet the spread, what are you going to root for? Like, nothing is that exciting when you're up 28 nothing. But if you bet that 45 and a half spread, you're going to be going crazy after the sixth touchdown. And that's why I'm betting it. You are. You are. That's true. Just saying. But... I mean, if you want to throw ten bucks on it, go ahead. But. It does, I mean, honestly, no, you're right. I mean, it doesn't anything that high doesn't make sense because like you could win that bet or lose it. But if you pick the right side, it's not because you like made a smart bet. It's just lucky. Like at that point, with that many points, you don't know whose backups are going to be playing or if anyone's even going to be caring about the game really that much. So it's almost just lucky. But I'm just going to bet on it. And just, don't worry, there will be plenty of times where there will be. It, a whole lot more value to bet on UCF throughout this year. You know, it's gotten a little harder to bet on UCF over the last couple of years because 
the bookies especially, and people are starting to figure out that we're the real deal. It's taken this long. Yeah, we're like 22 <laughs> and 6 or something against the spread the yeah, last two years. So taken, they're going to compensate. It's taken this long to figure it out. So it might be it might be hard to get some money down on UCF for the rest of the season. But don't worry, you have money move on your side <laughs> to figure it out. The best financial advisor in the world. Uh that is not legal advice by the way. Disclaimer. All right, let's get to our interview. We talked to Kyle Israel, 2007 Conference USA champion. Obviously, it was our first of six conference championships. And Kyle, I mean, when me and Moo both came to UCF, he was a starting quarterback, and uh, those games and stuff are, are stuff we'll never forget. And I don't think we realized how awesome it was at the time to win a conference championship. But um, we talked to him a lot about the quarterback battle kind of what that's like from a player's perspective and also what how he thinks it's going to maybe play out. We talked about Coach Heupel, Coach Frost, some of his thoughts on the Fiesta Bowl, and then obviously we had to talk about George O'Leary a little bit. It was a good interview, and uh, let's get to that. All right, so we're here with Kyle Israel, uh, the first conference championship quarterback for UCF, and he's been on the show before. Kyle, how you doing? I'm doing good, guys. Thanks uh, for having me back on. I love what you guys have been doing with the show. I appreciate that, dude. Uh, so real quick, tell us a little bit about uh, Little Greek and, and what's going on with that. Yeah, so Little Greek, we're a fast, casual Greek uh, restaurant, um, and we have uh, currently eight locations here in Central Florida. We're about to open location nine downtown just south of uh, orange and michigan and number 10 uh in winter park that's awesome and for people that are in the ucf area you have a, a location in waterford i think right yeah we do have a location in waterford lakes for all students we always have a 10 percent discount actually for students of valencia Seminole state and ucf as well as the faculty for all of those uh institutions we have a 10 percent running discount at all points in time awesome and it's just like it's fast like fast casual like greek food right yeah, cheap. we have like yeah, we're known known for our Euro pita. We have a proprietary blend of uh, Euro that comes from Kronos up in Chicago, and so obviously you can get Euros all over the place. Ours is a combination of lamb and beef. Um, when I say all over the place, I mean all over the world. Yeah. Um, but ours is lamb and beef, and it's very popular. We also have like chicken skewers, salmon skewers, um, steak, and lamb. So pretty authentic, but at the same time Americanized, and you know we try to get food out. We make it fresh and try to get out in six to eight minutes. So it's very popular. Certainly the location in Waterford, that's the number one location of all 50 that currently exists. So um, the schools certainly uh, supports us a lot. And we enjoy catering for the, the soccer team and baseball and softball and football. So it's it's been a great little partnership with UCF as well. Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, not just saying this, but the food's really good. And when I went there, the place was slammed. And like you said, I got my food. My food was done really quickly, so uh, definitely Thank you. definitely check that out if you uh, live there or coming up for the game this week. Um, all right, so last time we talked, that was we had a real fun conversation. Went back and yes. talked about how you played in Russia and that whole crazy thing about how you left, um, and a little bit yeah. about your career at UCF. But since then, you played some arena football, I think, right? Yeah, I did. I um, did. How, how did that? How did you end up doing that? I thought you were kind of retired, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I don't know if I've ever called myself quote unquote retired, uh, or that I've ever taken my serious myself seriously enough to say that I'm retiring from football. <laughs> but uh, you know, essentially in February, about 
three weeks before the Predators season, I got a call from the head coach asking if I was interested. And, you know, the way that this league works is they didn't play the NAL, didn't pay players a ton of money, but they did provide housing and other things. And I think because I was local and the team didn't have to provide me housing, um, you know, and I had other income in my life, I think me being in shape, uh, just kind of made it a, a natural fit. And so they reached out to me and, uh, I never really thought I'd be like the starter. I thought I'd be a, you know, a guy that they could count on as a backup and, right. uh, oh. they signed some other guys, oh. older leadership, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Older leadership. <laughs> and, and personally for me, being able to get back into a locker room around 22, 23, 24, 25 year olds, like that was what was exciting to me. Cause I think I have some things I can offer to them from life experience now that would allow me to, to help some of these guys that are maybe trying to figure out, you know, either how to make it in arena football and, or just how to move on to the next phase of life. Right. Um, so that was exciting for me, but I ended up going out there and I, you know, I threw the ball and played well. It was the first time playing arena, which is certainly an adjustment. It's weird. It's so small, like <laughs> tiny field, eight guys on the field at a time. Um, it, it's it really parts of it feels like football. Parts of it feel like, you know, playing basketball and soccer are all mixed together. But it's it's a great niche sport. You know, obviously, Orlando Predators have been around for a long time. And, um, you know, what happened to me is in the third game, I ended up tearing a tendon in my elbow. And, um, that, uh, I didn't need surgery, but essentially that put me on IR for six weeks. And with the way that the season was going and the team struggling, et cetera, et cetera, I decided just to call it quits and, yeah. and, um, and whatnot, but it was fun to get back out there. I was able to get out there and win our first game back. The team had been shut down for two years. So I was able to get out and play in front of my family and friends, uh, one more time. And so I, I definitely enjoyed it. Uh, I didn't expect it. I wasn't preparing for it, but, um, you know, it's one of those things that happens in life. I ran with it, took the opportunity and it was what it was. And, and, um, you know, it was an overall a good experience. Yeah. That, that's awesome. I remember seeing that and I was like, all right, man, it's, def you know, it's always cool seeing you slinging the ball, uh, in all different countries or whatever, but being back in Orlando is definitely cool. You said you came in and, you know, didn't even expect to, to start or whatever and ended up starting the first game. Um, were you ever in any other quarterback battles like that at any point in your career? Yeah, for me, uh, really through high school, I was never really in much of a battle. I started most of my freshman year and on. But when I got on to UCF in high school, when I got to UCF, I, you know, outside of my senior year going into the 07 season, I, I, I essentially feel like I was in a quarterback battle every year for three straight years. When I stepped on campus, it was between myself um, Stephen Moffitt, uh, and another guy and, uh, the three of us played and then my sophomore and then the spring going into my sophomore year, I broke my tibia in spring practice. And I was taking the, the one reps and, and obviously Stephen Moffitt ended up starting that Oh five year. We had a great year. Uh, we're able to go to the conference championship and play in the Hawaii bowl. And then him and I were essentially in a quarterback battle again, going into 2006 and uh, he went into the season as the starter coming off such a great year, but kind of struggled and the, we weren't playing well. And so I ended up uh, battling him again throughout the, the course of the middle of the season for that starting job later in the year and was able to win it over and start some games in 06 and, and get us a victory in the last game of the season. And then, um, you take know, that more seven. Yeah. Yeah. Take that into seven. And then there were at times, you know, after we played Texas, I remember coach O'Leary 
really wanting to push me again. So he was giving Michael Greco a lot of reps uh, with a first team going into the Memphis game, I can remember. Oh, um, dude, I, th- I totally forgot about Greco. Super Bowl champion. Good for him. Super Bowl <laughs> champion at safety. <laughs> yep. Um, incredible athlete, by the way. Michael oh, Greco dude. is one of the most phenomenal athletes I've ever been around. 100%. That's why he was able to go into NFL as a DB, which he never played in college, and, and be decent. I mean, he's a, he was a freak athlete, I remember. No doubt. So, yeah, I was, you know, competition was something that was preached by Coach O'Leary a lot. He really treated the quarterback position like every other position for better or for worse. But, um, yes, it is it is an interesting dynamic uh, to be in a quarterback battle because these are your friends. But at the end of the day, you, you definitely want to be the starter. That's why you're there and on scholarship. And and so, um, yeah, I feel like I was almost always in a quarterback battle yeah, and I, I feel like competition makes everyone better. But does that what does that do to your confidence though? Like, not necessarily knowing you're the guy is that? I you know I think that bad? what it, I think that it can be good and bad, and I think it's a lot of times coaches are also looking at how a player handles that type of competition. I mean, you obviously um, one thing that my dad always told me, and I took to heart and it's very cliche, but it is true. You know, in life, many times you can only worry about what you can control. And that's the best way I always thought was to approach these quarterback battles was, listen, I can control my reps. I can control how I perform and I don't have to make the decision about who the starter is going to be. So if I can just focus on those things, I think that it elevates the play of everybody. Um, right. And so I think that you can use quarterback battles to make guys better. And I think that's probably what we saw Coach Heupel doing during camp was to really, really push Brandon Wimbush and make him understand that he was going to have to earn this starting job. Exactly. And so do you think that's why he didn't name him the starter right away? I mean, because he wasn't going to name anyone else the starter. Let's be real. Um, and, right. and the first game doesn't even really matter. So you think he was probably doing that to, to push Brandon to, you know, I guess be I think, the best? Yeah, I think it was two things, guys. I think one thing to consider is I, I think Dylan Gabriel and Quadri Jones are much, much better than people really understand. And okay. you gotta you got to consider the fact that, whoa, i got to take a look at these guys. Quadri, extremely talented, put on 20 pounds this offseason. Uh, he really looks the part. Uh, I, I've been impressed every time I've seen Quadri throw the football. Uh, right. I mean, obviously, he hasn't really been mentioned much. But then you watch Dylan Gabriel, and I had the opportunity to see him at practice three different times. And I was like, this guy is going to be spectacular. Uh, he probably could be now, but even in the future. And so I think the play of those two guys forced Coach Heupel to kind of pump the brakes and go, whoa, whoa, I'm not sure if this guy is our starter. Right. And secondly – um, I think at the same time, you know, when you're a guy like Brandon and transferring in, uh, I think there's an advantage to coach for the coach to push you. Um, but there is a point in time and I like that coach really kind of did it, you know, essentially one week before the season started. Cause you do want Brandon to, to really be able to, to establish that confidence, you know, really show his leadership to the team throughout this week of preparation going into a Thursday game and, so I think it was a positive experience for Brandon. I know that throughout camp, I saw him get better with my own eyes. The second and third week of camp, he was much better than he was week one. That's good. Um, that's, so I think I'm really happy to hear that. <laughs> I think that helped a lot. Um, that's good. So that's definitely good to get your perspective on on that. Um, 
what do you think the amount of playing time is going to be like, or how, how do you think that's going to be distributed? Do you think all three guys are going to get looks, or is it just going to be mostly Winbush until he does bad, or what do you think? Well, I hope he doesn't do bad, but right. I do think that I do think that it, it, it may be somewhat scheduled out. I think when you when you put a schedule, if you're going to tell both players, like Coach said to the public, Dylan's going to play no matter what, right? So we know that's the case. I think for the players' perspective, I can remember games that I played where Coach O'Leary would be like, that Memphis game after we played Texas. I remember Coach O'Leary saying like, hey, the third or fourth or fifth drive of the game, Greco's going to take that series. He's going to get it. And that allowed me to look over my shoulder less. I went into the game knowing there was a schedule in place, there was a plan in place, and I think that made it easier for me. So I think we'll see Brandon at least for the first quarter, maybe even the second quarter, just kind of feeling out throughout the course of the game how the momentum's going and how he's playing. And then I think um, they're going to find the right time to get Dylan in. And then if we're able to get a big, big lead, then I wouldn't be surprised if we see Quadri as well. But um, I, I would anticipate seeing Brandon at least through the first quarter. Um, but you never really know. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of thinking that too. So we were talking about this earlier on the show. Uh, set the over under on different starting quarterbacks at two and a half this year. Um, what, what, what would you take on that? Um, what do you think? I, and, I, th- I, I think I'd probably go under. Um, so probably like obviously. Two. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think, you know, really the best scenario is for Brandon to play well and start the entire season. I mean, no doubt. I think everybody understands that. But, uh, you know, with DJ coming back into the fold, DJ Matt coming back into the fold at some point in time, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that dynamic works out. I think some of that will come down to whether or not the team is, you know, playing well and winning in spite of the quarterback or if Brandon is really the catalyst for our success then you probably don't see DJ. But if we're able to win games and, and we're not playing well at the quarterback position, well, when DJ's healthy, then you may see where he could enter the fold again. So it wouldn't surprise me. I think we'd have to be struggling to see more than two and a half or see three starters throughout the season. But I think it's safe to say based on, heck, even how the last year has gone or two years, that we definitely at some point going to see two starting quarterbacks. Right. That's I, I, I agree with that answer. Even though I took the over, I, I definitely agree with what you're saying. <laughs> Back to your first point, I would just love for Wimbush to crush it and we don't have anything to talk about every week. That would be amazing. Uh, well, it's such an interesting dynamic going into next year, right? It's like, okay, everybody wants McKenzie to be healthy. Obviously, he said on college game day that his nerve is 100%. I think it's known that you know he didn't have some of the damage to the ACL that people anticipated him having. Which so, is crazy, but yeah. Incredible. However, how, however that's the case, whatever, you know, that's just phenomenal that that's happened. So you would want to see McKenzie back, right? And so the natural progression would be for Brandon to have a great year and McKenzie be healthy enough to come back and compete. And then we get Dylan Gabriel as a redshirt sophomore in 2021. He's got three years to play. But – well, wait, wouldn't, time, wouldn't Mac be a senior in 2021, though? Mac would be a senior, but, you know, do you go with Mac or do you go with – I think, personally, if, I think Dylan Gabriel's special enough to, to really be the guy of the future. Yeah, I really do. If, and, and, you know, if, if the talent level's even, you go with the younger guy, uh, which is why we lost to Penn State with Pete DeNovo, but that's a different story. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I, I get what you're saying. There's definitely it's, – it's definitely an interesting dynamic, and it'll be fun to watch all this play out. Um, yeah. All right, let's uh, let's switch topics here real quick. 
now that one season's gone by and you've gotten to, you know, see Coach Hype, you know, with a full season at first year as a head coach, what what is the biggest difference, you think, between him and Scott Frost? Because I know they have, like, completely different personalities, but what's something you've yeah. noticed? Well, I, first of all, let me say this. Both Coach Frost and Coach Heupel, you know, for letter winners and for lettermen, they've both been very accepting and have welcomed us back with open arms. So I can tell you glad to hear that. Um, that, that we dirt, we certainly appreciate that. Secondly, you know, I think that Coach Heupel, if, if, if Coach O'Leary was at one end of the spectrum of discipline, then Coach Frost would be at the completely opposite spectrum of discipline. And they had two very, very different styles. I think the biggest mm-hmm. difference now is that Coach Hype is kind of maybe in the middle. These players truly do trust Coach Hypel. I think that's extremely important. I think he's established a, a, a culture of, of love for one another and kind of carried that on from, from Coach Frost. But at the same time, I think that Coach Heupel is a, you know, a, a little bit more of a disciplinarian than Coach Frost was, and I think that sometimes that's needed. Um, Definitely. And, and so we've had, over the last two years, just such great senior leadership that the team has really done a good job of managing themselves. Right. Um, kind of like self-discipline. Right yeah. Correct. Correct. The culture – starts to manage itself. I use that same theory in the restaurant business. You know, if I can establish cultures and people understand the way that I want to get things done, eventually that style will manage itself. Guys that just can't fit in or girls that can't fit in, they're just not going to make it. And I think that's the same way with the football team now. Listen, we're going to do things this way. If you're not going to do it this way, then it's not going to work. And I think, I think Coach Heibel does a really good job of creating some discipline, but still showing that he loves these guys. And I think that's one of the biggest differences between Coach Heibel and Coach Frost is just a little bit more discipline. And I, and I think it's a good thing. That's definitely good to hear from a former player's perspective. So talking about Coach Hype, because I've definitely was critical of, uh, I guess, his play calling and stuff in the Fiesta Bowl. But we haven't talked since before that. Uh, what were your thoughts on that game overall? Because... You know, at first, I felt like we got blown out when I was there. And then I went back and watched it, and it was like, we had so many chances, I felt like. I felt like we were the better team. Um, But what what were your thoughts on that game overall? Well, my main statement is I would feel like – I feel like we lost that game rather than LSU really beating us. Uh, That's how I kind of – that's the taste that I had in my mouth. mouth. Uh, We had the early momentum. Um, Obviously – Turnovers and penalties hurt us that game, which was uncharacteristic of us throughout the course of the season. Yep. And I did think that the play calling at time, um, you know, maybe it wasn't wasn't our best game from a play calling perspective. It's really hard to be critical of, of that because there's so many decisions that and, and things that players have to do that really make play calls work, right? So. Right. Um, it, it's hard to evaluate, but I, I don't think it was our best game overall from a coaching perspective, a defense and offense perspective. We just didn't play our best game. And I don't care how many guys are sitting out for the other team. If you're playing LSU, you got to play really, really good football to beat them. And, and we just didn't have it that day. But let me tell you something. If there was any game for us to lose, that okay, one. in the last 26, it was that game. 
because uh, yep. it didn't set us back really this year. It didn't really uh, mean anything, honestly. It didn't. It didn't. It didn't mean much. It really didn't have – it didn't seem like it had as much riding on it as the Peach Bowl did the year before, considering Auburn had beat Alabama and Georgia. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think it was our best game, but if there was a game to lose, it was that one. And, um, you know, I, I don't think it has set us back at all going into this season. Yeah, it's just – it's crazy to think, though, like if we had won that game – the narratives and the storyline would just be unreal oh. coming into this year. <laughs> but, uh, you know, well, <laughs> imagine if McKenzie was healthy and we won that game and we were 26 and oh, I mean, uh, we would, leg- you know, we probably have game day versus Stanford. I, I still think we're gonna, but we'll, we'll see what happens with uh, the Syracuse game or whatever. But, uh, you know, everything happens for a reason. And we could, we could go back and look at, um, you know, if Greg Schiano had accepted the head coaching job, we would have never had McKenzie or any of the stuff we were talking about. So I guess yeah. it kind of goes both ways with uh, with stuff like that. I'm going to pass it off to uh, to Moo here. He's got some questions for you. Okay. All right, Kyle, we're going to go with a couple off-the-wall little, little questions here for you. So the first one, we're going to ask you, what, what was your favorite George O'Leary story? Well, I got I got two sides. Okay, I got I got a serious side and a funny side. I'll start with the serious side. You know, one of the things that Coach O'Leary, a lot of people in my recruitment don't know that Florida State and Penn State were on me really hard in the end of my recruitment, right when Coach O'Leary got the job, and I was about to commit to to Florida State, and Coach O'Leary said, "Kyle, listen, you can go be another guy in the long list of guys that's been through through Florida State or Penn State, or you can come to UCF, and I promise you." 10 years from now, you'll have more pride in this program that you would have ever had uh, going to a place that's uh, existed for a hundred years. And so, you know, I think that coach O'Leary's vision for what the future of UCF could be um, has absolutely come to fruition. And I think that George O'Leary was absolutely the right hire by Steve Orsini uh, at that point in time, because we truly needed somebody that was going to be an authoritarian, and really turn this place around. And he did just that. Secondly, uh, Coach O'Leary, I remember, if you remember back to the Texas game in 2007, after we came out of the rain delay, uh, that's right when Soldier Boy had come out. And oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it was playing in the stadium. And both sidelines, there's a, there's a video on YouTube of Texas doing the Soldier Boy on the sideline. And I remember Coach O'Leary the next week we were playing Memphis and we were in the in our pregame team meeting the night before the game like normal and, and Coach was talking and all of a sudden he he asked somebody to turn on the music and he wanted he's like I want guys I want you to do this like soldier thing and everybody's <laughs> like what he's like guys I want you to do like that you know that soldier thing and he's like putting his little dinosaur arms out to yeah. the left. The T-Rex right. arms. <laughs> His little T-Rex arms. And so somebody hits the music. I think it was John Kovatic, and it came on. And Coach O'Leary in front of the team, like nobody knows what to do because Coach O'Leary never does anything off the wall, like funny like this. Right. He you're, gets, like, you're like waiting for, for him to yell at you or something. Like <laughs> this, this is a scary meeting for us generally because it's when he makes you stand up individually and he'll ask you questions about the other team. And if you don't answer it correctly, I've seen guys literally be sent home from the hotel. So it's generally like a really shit. <laughs> strenuous meeting. <laughs> yeah. But uh, he got up there. He did the soldier boy in front of everybody. And the whole team got up and started doing it around him. And oh every God. week from there, 
he'd be like, let's do the soldier boy. Let's do the soldier. <laughs> Please tell me there's that is some literally video one... of that. Dude, I don't think <laughs> camera <laughs> phones existed back then. <laughs> I don't think they did. I was using a flip phone still. That's awesome, though. Honestly, just the just me picturing him like hopping up on one foot, doing cranking it. <laughs> that's right. hilarious. That was our freshman year yeah. too, and that's dude. We did that. So we go out to scoop and just, yo, DJ, uh, what was it, Sobes or whatever. Yo, Sobes, play Sobes. Soldier Boy. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, good good times, uh, good times. That's awesome. So, all right. So, other than the little Greek. What would you say is your best place around the UCF area to get your grub on? Oh, man, I'm a huge Blaze Pizza fan. I, I love Blaze Pizza. There's one right across from campus. Um, I, I I could go there all the time. I try to stay away from pizza as much as possible. But Blaze Pizza is good. And then, honestly, I've been, go- I've been a diehard Huey Magoo's fan since 2005 when they oh, yeah. opened uh, right over there in the station. And they've, I just opened a restaurant with in Champions Gate, and Hugh Magoo's was right next to us. So I've been able to crush their food, or I was able to crush their food for a little bit. But I like Blaze, and I'm a huge, huge fan of Hugh Magoo's. It's hard to not like the Magoo sauce. Oh, man. Sean, oh. is that your favorite? <laughs> I'm more of a Phenomenal. ketchup guy, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So UCF classes are starting tomorrow, or technically today. Uh, when this pod drops, but what would you say is your number one piece of advice for freshmen starting this week? Just you know, in general, I, I, I think I, I, I struggled with procrastination, man. And college can really get the best of you if if you're a big time procrastinator. So for an incoming freshman, I'd say get ahead of every as far as the class is, is concerned. Um, you know, really get ahead of your classes because it can pile up. And then secondly, man. You know, get involved. UCF is such a huge campus with a lot of different organizations and clubs and a lot of things to be a part of something that's bigger than yourself. So I would challenge any freshman right away, find things to plug into on campus, uh, get out there and support the, the sporting events, because honestly, once you graduate, it's hard to ever get any of that stuff back. And a lot of those connections that you can make in college will last a lifetime. So it's certainly the reason that I'm at where I'm at is more so because of the connections that I made at UCF, UCF more than my specific education. And so I would say get plugged in right away. I agree. It's not about the uh, grades you make. It's about the hands you shake. Definitely. No doubt. Um, were, no doubt. Did, were you in a fraternity? I was. I was I'm, I'm a Sigma Chi, and uh, I joined that my spring of my sophomore year. I, I just felt like I wanted to branch out and see more guys than i saw in the locker room every day and yeah for and sure so, yeah i was in Mackay. actually you know what when i asked that question i remembered i think we played against you in softball and you hit like four fucking home <laughs> runs against <laughs> us i did play <laughs> my senior year actually for sigma Chi. it was a lot of fun yeah that must that because that was our freshman year so that's hilarious <laughs> that's um, a lot of fun. yeah all right so the next one if there was one place that you could travel to next what would it be Oh, um, for me, it'd probably be like somewhere in Asia. Um, you know, I've spent a lot of time in, in Europe and Eastern Europe over the years, but I, I have never been to Tokyo or Hong Kong. I think I'd love to go to Hong Kong or Tokyo. I think the culture would just be incredible. Um, Olympics coming up, I think, right? Tokyo 2020, 2020, I think I don't, I don't yeah. know if I'll be able to pull that off, but that would be a great reason to go. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely wanting to go to, to, to Asia and experience the culture out there. I love Europe. I love Europe. Absolutely love it, especially Germany and Russia. But 
Asia is where I'd want to go to next. Yeah, definitely. Anyone listening, that if you're still in college, um, travel abroad, study abroad, whatever. Take a semester off, dude. Do it while you don't have like a life and responsibility. Seriously, that's like the one. I don't have any regrets. That's my one regret from college is not doing that. Yeah, because you, once you grow up and like have a career and stuff, you can't do that kind of stuff. Like you get stuck or you lose your career. So do it now while you're young. Absolutely. And I just got back from Canada. I was in Canada all week last week, uh, right outside of Calgary in Banff National Park, and there was Lost. nothing. There was nothing but like basically foreign exchange students there, like all working. It's all people that had just graduated college or just graduated high school. A lot of Australians were there. Um, Just like trading, you know, their bartending services or whatever for room and board and just experiencing like a different country, a different culture. So highly recommended to anyone out there. By the way, also studying abroad is really you just take like two gen ed classes and party the whole time yeah like don't (laughs) it's what it is it's really what it is if i had known that i would have done it but i thought you actually had to like go there and learn stuff in a different language so i was kind of intimidated by it and i i definitely missed out (laughs) (laughs) uh, i had friends that actually went to italy and and did uh study abroad and, and certainly from my experience i went six months at a time when i was playing football in germany and poland and really just being immersed in a different culture, it, it forces you to learn and engage with people that you would have never imagined engaging with. And, and it's just hard to create those experiences here in America uh, when we live here. Yeah, it's just a totally different perspective on everything, too. Uh, that's yeah. awesome. All right, so last one uh, this is kind of an interesting one. What is your favorite seltzer? Are you a Truly guy, White Claw, Natty, perhaps? <laughs> Uh, I am a, I, I, w- I would say that I'm, I don't discriminate between Truly and White Claw. To me, they're interchangeable, if I'm going to be honest with you. I am a big, I am a big seltzer guy because of the lack of carbs. Love um, it, dude. Love it. Dude, we're, it's like, <laughs> we've got like five, five Truly cans sitting next to each of us right now. <laughs> you can't beat it. I mean, it, I'm not a, a huge casual drinker myself at all. You know, I, I, I don't really come home and drink casually, but. If I'm going to if you're doing um, something or if I want to tailgate or I'm doing something, how do you, you, you can drink five or six of those and have five or 600 calories and, and not feel terrible the next day. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's like refreshing too. I feel like I'm hydrated when I drink them. So. <laughs> I wish that was the case. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't work that well. The next day you definitely pay for it, but uh, that's what happens when you see the other side of 30. So no doubt. I think that's it. Moo, you got any other questions? No, that was it. Yeah. But that was cool. <laughs> thanks, Kyle. Yeah, thanks so much, dude. That was definitely awesome to get your perspective on everything and uh, talk about some other stuff, too. Um, see you Thursday, right? Yeah, I'll be out there Thursday. I, I don't care that it's FAMU. Any day that we get to go into the bounce house and the lights are on, we're playing a football game, is a great day in my book. We only get six of them, seven of them a year. And so uh, take advantage of it when we can. So I look forward to seeing you guys I'm, on Thursday. Dude, I'm so hyped. I'm ready to like jump out the window right now. <laughs> I'm pumped. All right. I'm th- pumped. Thanks, man. Go Knights. Go Knights. Charge on. This is Steve Levy from ESPN, and you're listening to One Night Stand. All right, so that interview was brought to you by Rock'em Socks. Guys, if you haven't checked out Rock'em yet, they make awesome socks with every college team and all kinds of other stuff too. They were founded by a UCF student, and they're located right here in Orlando. And if you use promo code UCFPROBLEMS, all one word, 
you will get 10% off every order. So check them out, rock'emsocks.com or at rock'emsocks on Twitter and Instagram. So yeah, that, that was definitely a cool interview. Um, I think honestly, from now on, we have to ask everyone we talk to for the best George O'Leary story because it's a great question. Dude, it's a gold mine. I did not think that was going to be a story for George. It's just like one thing after another just always surprises you. That's why he has a statue, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I mean, he, he's the goat, right? <laughs> he's, a, he's the George of all time. The goat. All right. So the segment you've all been waiting for, we've been off all summer, obviously. But if you followed this last year, you definitely made quite a bit of money. It's time for Money Moves <laughs> Picks of the Week. Money Moves Picks of the Week are back for new listeners this year. Let me just go over a little recap of what we did last year. Went 26-18 and 18 in the regular season, 59.1%, which doesn't seem that amazing. But when you talk about average sports bettors, what do they average, like 50 51% maybe? Yeah. I mean, most bettors lose. Like, I'd say 40%. There are multiple people in Vegas, the experts, 100% of the time, all they're doing is looking at sports betting. They maybe get to 55, 56%, make a little bit of money. 59.1% from yours truly here from his first season, 26 and 18. Yo, so I- if you just bet, like, $100,000 on every game, you'd be rich if you follow Money Moves Pets. Absolutely. Yeah, so just do that and you're rich. Yeah. We're, you know, I gave you a chance last season. We're printing money pretty much for you. We'll, we'll just carry it on to the second you're season. You're losing money if you don't listen to these picks. You are. Yeah, it's seriously. costing you money not seriously. listening to me. Seriously. All right, what do we got this week? Anyway, so for your new listeners as well, every single week I will give anywhere from three to five picks new this season will be every week I would like to introduce a new special bonus video pick of the week. Ooh. And the only way that you are going to be able to see this bonus pick is by following me on Twitter. That's at MoneyMooUCF, all one word. All right, getting down to it, I have three picks. Yeah. Give me the good stuff. Let's three go. picks for you this week. Let's go. Number one, we're going to go with AAC foe Tulane. Minus two versus FIU. This game is in New Orleans. It's Tulane's home opener. Tulane's actually decent. Tu- like Tulane is decent. That's, that's why I'm picking they're them. They're normally really bad in football, and like even their fans will admit it. They never cared about football, but they're actually decent. They have a good offense, and FIU sucks. I, I don't do like the power rankings and stuff like that. But when I was just looking through all the like week one lines, I, I saw that and I immediately put a hundred bucks on it. I'm like, it shouldn't be minus Whoa. two. I thought it should be like minus ten. You didn't even need my expertise. Head coach at FIU, Butch Davis, has coached the Panthers to a nine and four record last year. But it's doubtful that they're gonna keep that train rolling, even though they have sixteen returning starters. Tulane senior quarterback Justin McMillan transferred from LSU is looking to build on the Green Wave's first bowl appearance in six years last year as they beat Louisiana in the Cure Bowl 40-24. to Home Ooh, field... Cure Bowl, that brings back bad memories. Well, <laughs> anyway. Home field is going to play a key role here as FIU is terrible on the road and two points just isn't enough. I think Tulane wins it outright. 
by more than two. I honestly think they're going to win by two touchdowns. So take two lane minus two. All right. I like it. Let's go. What do you got next? Second pick. This is a very strong favorite, and I normally am against these, but this is just too good to be true. I'm taking Army minus 23 and a half versus Rice. I didn't even know Rice had a football team. I didn't either. I swear. I knew they were good at baseball, but... Well, we used to play them when we were in Conference USA. Oh. Army at home. Army's good, right? They are good. They're They're, like nine and four or something like that. Some people even had them in their preseason top 25. All right. They have a senior quarterback, Kelvin Hopkins, which if you remember from last year in the Navy game, which who doesn't watch Army-Navy? That's like one of my favorite games to watch every year. It sucks. It's the only game on. It's fun to watch, but it's so boring. Oh, run, 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 run. Yeah, but usually it's like snowing. And then, like, every single first down, they, like, cut to a bunch of military guys. Yeah, and it is. going absolutely It is pretty shit. cool. It is pretty, <laughs> it is pretty cool to watch that. It's definitely a good tradition, whether that's just because I'm forced to watch it because it's the only game on or whether it's fun to watch. I don't know. So, anyway, I think Kelvin has the experience to lead the Black Knights to a double-digit, another double-digit win season. Rice, on the other hand, they're projected to have the worst offense in the country. The absolute worst. They're only projected to score about 20 points a game. And their defense isn't much better. They have one senior on defense. Sounds like UCF in 2015. We all know how that went. We had like no seniors. Yeah, no experience. Uh, Rice on the road. Army home opener. 23 and a half. You got to take it. This really should be... I'm looking for Army to win by 30 to 35. Definitely take Army minus 23 and a half. Since you said Rice on the road, um, where is Army? Is that Ohio? I don't know. Or like, one's in Maryland. That's Navy though, right? Yeah. Dude, it could be literally anywhere and I'd be like, oh yeah. West Point. Yeah, West Point. Well, where is that? I don't know. Michi- west. It's West. Hold on, Michi Stadium. It's way- it looks it's like west. New York. Really? Yeah. I, yeah honestly, it's like just I- south of Poughkeepsie. 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 Okay. So South of Wap- Wappingers west, Falls. What's at the west point of, though? I don't know. Because New York's like the northeast. All right. Anyway, um, Rice sucks. Army's good, and they're going to win by more than 23 and a half, so take Army. What do you got next? The third and final pick is going to be another AAC foe. Houston plus 24 and a half versus Oklahoma. The power ranking suggests this should only be 17 and a half. Now, the total points in the game projected by the bookies is 83. This is the highest total for an opening Jeez. weekend game in college football history. The reason is because Oklahoma's projected offense is the number two in the nation, while Houston is number four. Oklahoma's quarterback Jalen Hurts, who is a transfer from Alabama, has plenty of experience to pick up where Kyler Murray left off he sucks but whatever now back in 2016 houston actually beat oklahoma by 11 points but their defense this year is projected to be the second worst in the entire country only behind yukon i think this game will be back and forth ultimately i think oklahoma wins but the houston offense is too powerful to lose by more than 24 and a half so i'm taking the cougars plus the points yeah i like it i mean like you said it's going to be a shootout Two dynamic offenses. You know, Lincoln Riley, obviously, very offensive-minded coach. 
I think Jalen Hurts is definitely a step back. Well, is obviously a step back from Kyler Murray, but he's uh, you know, he'll get the job done, I guess, at the position. And I think Houston's a lot better than people think. And, you know, I've been saying this all along. They're probably gonna be our, our hardest game this year. It is pretty crazy though that Houston is projected to have the second worst defense and UConn is supposed to have the worst defense, and then UCF plays both of these teams, and we're supposed to have a top you offense. Know, three offense in, in the in the country. Well, there, there's going to be a lot of action in the in these games. The schedules year. are based off, uh, or no, the rankings are based off schedule probably. So the fact that we play UConn probably like dings down their defense a little bit because like, oh, UCF's going to score like 100 on them. Uh, they're not going to be that good. Anyway, yeah, so honestly, and another another angle on this game, Houston's a good team. Any good team that can score a lot of points should not be a 24-and-a-half point underdog. That's why I absolutely love this bet. Yeah, I mean, you know, Oklahoma will probably win the game. Houston could win. Um, but just saying, hypothetically, if Houston beat Oklahoma... They could, they would jump up high in the rankings, and that would be another ranked game, you know, kind of paving the path for the playoff for us. Just saying, could happen. Oh, and Possible. and now really taking a shot in the dark here. FAU plays Ohio State week one. If they beat Ohio State, that's like five ranked teams on our schedule. Yeah, so we're going to the college football playoff pretty much. <laughs> uh, joking, but it is it is cool to think about those possibilities. You right, also so, have a couple season props that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, two props I want to take. So, you know, they do – you can bet on the over-under wins for a bunch of teams, uh, which normally – stuff that seems obvious, you normally lose, and that's just how gambling works pretty much in general. But Nebraska's over-under is eight wins. And if you look at their schedule, they're in the Big Ten West. So they don't play Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State on the regular. They only have – Ohio State this year. It's at home. Their other hard game, Wisconsin, also at home. And their other opponents, South Alabama, Northern Illinois, Colorado, Illinois, one of the worst teams in the nation. Then they have Northwestern, Minnesota, they're decent, Indiana, now Purdue, uh, Iowa, and Maryland. But their over-under is only for wins is only eight games. And most people are predicting them to be in the Big Ten Championship. I, I hammered the over on this. I bet a decent amount of money on over eight wins. They started 0-6 last year and still won like six out of the last seven games, one of those which was where they almost beat Ohio State. They're not going to win less than like nine, ten games this year, I think, honestly. So I would take the over on that. The other one is UCF. Some books have them at nine and a half. I saw them at nine, over under nine. Nine wins, it means nine and three. I mean, we're not losing three games this year. I mean, I don't care who's at quarterback. I don't care if they have Killens playing quarterback. It doesn't matter. We're not losing three games. There's literally no way we're losing three games. It's just not happening. So I would take the I would take over on the nine. So UCF over nine and Nebraska over eight are my two season props. Was there anything else you saw that you wanted to take? Not really. I'm not a huge fan of like season props. If you want to take the season, I'll take I money. Mean, the, I'll the, take money. I kind of, I kind of have a sour taste in my mouth though, because the last two seasons about UCF over 
the wins and they've both been negated because of stupid hurricanes. Yeah, that sucked. <laughs> stupid hurricanes. Which we would have won like a ton of money in which, both seasons. Which game are we getting hurricaned out this year? Oh, isn't there one coming actually? For FAMU? So the So no, it's not gonna be here for FAMU, but there there's a tropical storm right now. I don't know. This could dissipate by the time this actually comes out, but there is one coming kind of this way. We're just gonna have to be on the lookout. This is like a dude. Every if week we lose the Stanford game, I will. No, I'll quit college football. I don't know. I will. I don't know. I'll, I'll be very upset. I'll, I don't know I'll what quit. I'll do. I'll quit. I'll, I'll write a very strongly worded letter to the weather government or something about that. <laughs> no, there's no. We are not canceling that game. I don't care if we have to go to Stanford to play it. Yeah, it's we're not canceling this. Horrible. We can't. No, we're oh, not. That just jinx us. Shit. No. We're good. If the Stanford game gets canceled, I will quit college football. The end. Yeah. There's no way. Dude. You like no <laughs> We you realize we've lost a game to a hurricane three years in a row now. People forget we lost Tulane in twenty sixteen because it like didn't matter. But three years in a row. Then we lost uh Georgia Tech in seventeen and then North Carolina on the Which road. Which I'm year. still very bitter about that Georgia Tech game because I bought tickets on StubHub and I paid like fifty bucks a piece for the two tickets and never got a refund. Well, that's your fault. Well, how is it my fault? Because you didn't ask for a refund. The game was canceled. Yeah, but StubHub, you can't get your money back. What? Then that person is going to get their money back from the school. So that person loses their profit, but they get their actual refund. It's like a chain. You should have got a refund. Oh. That's I don't yeah. know. Well, I'm out fifty bucks, hundred bucks. It's all right. I got your tickets for the pit game, front row. <laughs> Call right. it even. Wait, I just lost on that. I don't know what. Okay. Uh, all right. So let's recap those picks real quick. All right. So the first pick we're taking Tulane minus two against FIU, taking Army minus twenty three and a half against Rice, and Houston plus twenty four and a half against Oklahoma. And then my season props, which do not count for Money Moose picks and his overall record, but I said take Nebraska over eight and UCF over nine wins. Let's get that money. Oh, dude, I was like, kind of feeling a little like lethargic and tired, and then just hearing that. I'm Woo! back. Just snap back in it. Just popped you right Football back. Football is back into uh, our Fab Five, right? All right, I'm super pumped. Yeah, this Let's is gonna go. be fun. All right, so this week we are doing. Thanks for the suggestion, by the way. I can't remember who tweeted it to me, but this is awesome. If you guys have any other ideas for Fab Five, <laughs> <laughs> so my dog just knocked over a giant bag of truly cans. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, yeah, shout out to whoever uh, suggested this on Twitter. If you guys have any other ideas of what we should do for our Fab Five, send them our way. Because um, I feel like we've pretty much done everything that I've thought of. So, yeah. This week we're going to do our Fab Five people that you see at tailgate. So, you know there's always those like stereotypical whatever people that you always see at tailgates. That might be different every time, but you know if you're going to a tailgate, you're going to see... This person. Um, so we're going to go over our Fab Five of those. All right. Are you ready? <laughs> Who's going first? Rock, paper, scissors. All right. On shoot. Rock, paper, scissors. Shoot. Ho. Ho. I win. Rock, rock over a scissor. All right. So Fab Five people that you see at tailgates. Number one, it's guy who rallies people up to play a game. 
So you always have this one guy that's like, oh, man, let's play flip cup. Let's, and he's like going around. <laughs> There's people like Dude, sitting in friggin- chairs, just relaxing. What's the hacky sack? Or the cornhole? Oh, the cornhole guy, yeah. man. Oh, for yeah. sure. And like nobody wants to play cornhole if they're just sitting and chilling. Like you either want to play or you don't want to play. I've got, I'm good for like one game of anything and I just get bored. Right. Yeah. So like you know the guy I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. And he just oh, keeps yeah. running around. He'll, he'll ask you twice. Definitely. Flip cup gets annoying too because I get to the point where I'm like, all right, I might like start to feel a little sick. Like I don't want to chug anything. Right. But then he's going again. Uh, It's just, it's too much. Like games are cool at tailgate, but this guy, you know, the guy who I'm talking about just keeps going around the whole circle. Hey, you want to play? Hey, you want to play? Hey, you want to play? And then like he's at the person next to you saying, hey, you want to play? And you're like trying to think of like what you could say back to him. (laughs) Not to like play. a defense, not to play. <laughs> oh, I'm not drinking. Right. Why do you have two white claws in your hand? Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I, I definitely know what I definitely know who you're talking so, about. So that's my first one. All right. So I'm gonna go with the basic wasted white girl who is probably underage. She's like she drank like one wine spritzer and she's like, Oh my god, I'm so drunk. And then she's like trying to hand out stickers and put them on you know what I'm talking about? Like the stupid game day stickers. Oh yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Beat whoever. Yeah. There's a whole Um, bunch of those. Yeah. Especially like you get towards the end. Towards the end where like the march to victory starts. Ooh, that gets weird. You know? Yeah. Uh, Everyone's kind of basic white girl drunk by then. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, no, definitely. But you know what I'm saying? There's like, she's like overly dramatic and she either like, she wants to put a sticker on you or, or like, oh my God, look at something on my phone that I don't care about. And she got the big sunglasses and. Yeah, the the basic white girl, basic drunk white girl is uh, my number one. All right, so I got the next one, and this is totally me, by the way. I'm going with the clock watcher guy. So oh. you ever been at tailgate, and so maybe it's like a three thirty game, and it's it's eleven o'clock a.m. And you're like, oh, I have like four and a half hours until me, you know, every time I gotta go to the game, and then the next thing you you know, you look at your watch and it's like three fifteen, and you're stumbling around by yourself. I was gonna say that's happening before. <laughs> we're like, next thing I know, I'm just like stumbling around. I'm like, wait, there's no tents, there's no people. Where Wh- am where I? Where am I? And wh- where am I supposed to do? <laughs> right. So yeah. in comes me, the clock watcher guy. So I'm always looking at the clock. I always want to know like exactly how much time I have left. I'm trying to like. You ever see that meme where the dude's like looking at a bunch of numbers like on the uh, oh the hangover guy meme yeah yeah like, the hangover all those numbers are like computing in my head yeah, like dude, how have... many drinks I have to have like <laughs> you have to do calculus <laughs> right. to figure out time <laughs> uh, well I have to figure out like how many drinks I gotta have oh. the next like how many minutes so to no. still be able to like. Well, get no. to the game and be coherent, but like, because you want to still get, have a good enough buzz. Because you want to get like drunk enough that right. you're not sober by halftime, but you don't want to get too drunk where you like don't remember the first quarter. Right, exactly. That does take calculus. That's dude. what I'm saying. I still haven't so, figured it out. That's why you have me, the clock watcher guy. I'm yeah. I'm the guy that's always there telling you like, yep. You got your, yo your BPMs, your beers I'm, per minute. I'm looking at you and I'm pointing like, dude, it's two o'clock. You got to chug. Yeah. Right like, there. You're not drunk enough. Right? Yeah. And then if I'm like standing, And then the response is you you chug. Yeah. Or if I'm standing so there it and like it just makes everyone happy. Or if like I'm standing there and like I can't keep my eyes open, you're like, yo, you should probably like dial it down for a little bit. 
Exactly. Yeah. All right. So you're a good balance. Clock manager. Clock watcher guy. Okay. Uh, man, I got a big list here. People, you always see it tailgate. All right. So there's always like the shirtless Jack dude. Sometimes walking around with a dog, always by himself. Probably has like a white hat on or something like that. Probably some (laughs) white Oakleys. Uh, walking around with like cargo shorts, just shirtless for no reason. Uh, doesn't have any UCF stuff on it. He's just literally there because he can take his shirt off, even though that's really still not normal at tailgate. But I guess because it's outside and people are drinking, people do it anyway. Well, his shirt is definitely in his back pocket, though. Oh, dude, always, <laughs> always dangling out of the back pocket. Um, like, why? He has it there. No, so it's like, all right, I had a shirt on at one point. Like, he's showing you, like, I did have a shirt on. I just chose not to wear it. Uh, there's definitely a bunch of those. Some of them throwing a football around. You know, walking with the dog. I think the do- the dog is like number one. Like, the if dog. you bring your dog to the tailgate, you're obviously not going to the game, and you obviously don't care right? about yeah that one. You're just two. there to like show off the dog. Yeah, because the you, dog doesn't care because dogs are chick magnets. But that like you're just pretty much saying, hey, I have no personality or anything interesting about me that people are, or girls are going to. So I need talk a dog to, to. Yeah, right. I'm but with you on that. Too, that's that's also like animal abuse. It's freaking hot out there. Dogs don't want to be in September. Yeah. yeah. Man. Dogs don't care to tailgate. Like, don't bring your dog to tailgate. That's yeah. But if you do, I'm well, gonna pet it. Yeah, I mean, unless they're <laughs> cute, and you know, you have a n- nice place with shade and lots of water, and give them lots of love. Uh, yeah. So that's my number two guy, the uh, shirtless, shirtless guy. I'm on to the next one. I'm on to people you see at tailgate all the time. It's guy who brought his unfun girlfriend. Dude, this but, why are you staring at me? What? No. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't directed at you. I'm just saying, like, this happens all the time. Oh, my God. We're, like, in, you know, a good group of friends, good uh, good conversation and all. And, Everyone's having a good time. Right. And some guy will come up, you know, it'll be a friend or an acquaintance or whatever, and his unfun girlfriend will be there. And not that they, you know, take away from the fun, but it's just, like, Sometimes they'll just... They're not into it, though. Right. They'll just yeah. be, like, standing there doing nothing. So you try and, be, like, be nice, like, talk yeah. to them a little bit. Give them a little job interview. Hey, what's your name? Where are you from? Right. You know, what's your major? Right. That's, so, uh, like... Okay, that's Paul hitting... Or, that's... <laughs> that That's Moo hitting on girls in college. <laughs> but, uh, no, I know what you're saying. And it's like, dude, it's like pulling teeth trying to talk to them. I'm like, all right, if you don't want to be here and you don't want to pretend to be here... Why the hell are you here? Right, why are you here? But you nailed it on the head. It's because they're with like their significant other and they're forced to go there. Exactly. So if if you have an unfun girlfriend or she's just going to be unfun at tailgate, like give her a couple dollars and tell her to go like get a massage or get her nails done or something like <laughs> why are you bringing her? Yeah. She's not she's not having fun. I can tell you that much. Yeah. I I don't know. People are uh, weird, but you definitely, definitely see that. And they've got like that resting bitch face on their face. And it could be, this could be guys, boyfriends or girlfriends. Although if you're a dude and you're not having fun at tailgate, you just suck. And if you're a girl and bring someone like that, then you need to dump them and find someone else. All right. Um, people you always see at tailgate. Dude, since we start, like since we started this, I only had like a couple decent ideas. And now my mind is just like, I've got way too many. I don't know what to go with. All right, I'm going to go with the the cool old guy. The cool old guy, dude, he's there. He's, you know, gray hair, 50, 60, whatever. And it's like playing beer pong or doing a funnel or something like that, pretending like he's young, 
just being awesome. No one cares. It's someone's dad or something like that. Like, it's always someone's dad. But there's well, hopefully. But there's all you know. <laughs> there's a lot of older people at tailgate. But there's the cool old guy who's like literally a college kid just in an old guy's body. Maybe not all the time, but just for that day. He's like, I'm just going to let loose and pretend like I'm young. And there's always one or two of those guys having a good time at tailgate. And I see them. I'm like, that gives me hope. It's okay to get older. Right? I want to have them a part of whatever we're doing. Yeah. Like, if we're playing flip cup, we're... They need to be and the they, center of attention. Exactly. And they get way into it. And they just make everything fun. Having a cool old guy drinking just makes everything way more fun. I 100% agree yeah. with and you. And if it's dude. an old woman, then it makes it really, really, really fun. But it's usually yeah. a guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh, no, I love that. <laughs> All right. So what are we on? I think number four. Number four, yeah. For me. Okay. Dun, 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 dun. Which one should I? All right. This is one you probably don't have. This is random guy who helps clean up. Okay, oh, you dude. always. I know you were gonna say you were gonna say this. Why well, I, I wanted to beat you to the punch, but you know, there's always that guy that like comes up. He'll be at the tailgate only for like an hour, yeah, or like maybe even a half hour, or maybe it'll be somebody that hasn't even been at your tailgate the whole time. Yep. And like when it comes time to like take down the tent, the put wor- put away the table, dude, the worst, clean everything up. The worst part of tailgate. It's the worst part. But you know what happens? Everyone just bolts. You yeah. know, everyone's oh, yeah. going for the game. Yep. If it if it isn't your tent or anything, everyone <laughs> gives just a leaves, fuck. Yeah. Right. Someone will but take care I'm of it. I'm the one who sets up everything, so there will always be some random person. The good I, Samaritan. The good yeah. Samaritan, dude. Yeah. A beer for this guy, all the time. I'll, I will give whatever it takes for this guy. I never know his name. That's another thing. Yeah. You never know this guy's name. Nope. No idea. And he always helps. Uh clean up everything he takes down the table he helps with the tent and at this point i'm pretty pretty drunk, drunk. Yeah. yeah and you did your good clock management or exactly. whatever yeah. yeah and i have no idea who this person is but all of a sudden we're best friends oh and yeah he's cleaning up dab i up. one time this dude like help me bring the tent back to my car dude so i was i didn't want to interrupt <laughs> i had you. no idea who he was one time i don't know how this happened i'm I must have lost a bet, but somehow I got put in charge of the tent and stuff at one tailgate last year. I don't really remember what. And, like, the whole thing happened. It was actually a combination of things. It was, like, when you just you look around and, like, no one's there. Well, that was me, but with all the tents and stuff. I, like, didn't even know whose car and stuff to put it in. And, uh, actually, it's a buddy of mine, Wiseman. Uh, but he came, like, uh, Ryan Wiseman, he came, like, super late to the tailgate and realized that I was just in desperate need of help and like helped me carry everything. I think it was in like the the D lot or something by the gym or the D garage. I don't know the the letters or stuff for anything. Um but yeah it was literally just like a miracle because I, I would have just left the stuff there and lost it honestly. Um but yeah there's always some kind of random person that helps out and it's definitely uh definitely a game changer. So yeah the good Samaritan awesome pick. Alright so my number four all right, so when I was on three, I was like, oh, I have so many ideas. And now I'm like, oh, I got nothing. <laughs> Did I take them all? No, you didn't take that one. Uh, but that was good. Um, I'm going to go... I'm going to go with the grill master. Okay, so you s- <laughs> so you set up... Never me, by the way. I'm not a big grill guy. No, but the grill... All right, so, you know, you've got a tailgate. It's not a tailgate. Someone's got a grill, and for some reason... And sometimes they're kind of random, too. Someone just ends up being in charge of the grill, and they're stuck there. And... You know, for someone that's not that social or whatever, it ends up being good. And for someone like me that 
I don't know, was lazy and I don't really know how to cook that well, ends up being good because someone else cooks all your burgers, all your hot dogs. Like, oh, how do you want it? Rare, medium, whatever. And they end up being the grill master. And that's kind of the guy in charge. And um, it's a good thing to have at a tailgate. Keeps it keeps it kind of balanced. Well, I mean, you're dishing out the food, and when you're at tailgate, that's yeah what you want, yeah. other than white claws. With great, <laughs> you want food. With man. great power comes great responsibility, and uh, yeah, so there's always there's always a grill master, and uh, it's it's a good thing, good to have around. It is the the other thing is it's like as long as you're not the one that's taking the grill out there and like bringing it back, it's such a pain in the ass. That's why I'm like, yeah, don't don't be like the grill bringer, be the grill right. master, right? Cook, have someone you get all else the credit. bring the yeah. grill, yeah. and you just cook everything. Yeah, and then when you're done, you know, wipe your hands clean, and you do. That's yeah. it. Done. Next question. Um, yeah, I I think we did a grill like once, and I don't know. I just ordered Jimmy John's. Like it's way easier. Yeah, we we either do that. Uh, Dude, I just take a bunch of like finger foods, like chips, Dude, and sometimes I forget to eat, and those are usually the bad yeah. ones. Yeah, it's, it's usually Jimmy John's, or I bring like Wawa subs, or I, I usually like drop the girls off at Four Rivers, and then they Uber to where we set up the tailgate, so that then you're sit. Dude, nothing is better than like sitting at your tailgate with nothing to eat, and all of a sudden you get like Four Rivers just delivered wow. to you. <laughs> Dude, it's that's epic. almost worth getting married for, I think. Yeah, it that's is. That's awesome. Wow. <laughs> What's your last person that you always see at tailgate? All right, number five. Ah, oh, I can't pick. I have three more. We'll do uh, honorable mentions. All right, number five is the I didn't bring anything guy. So, you know, there's always some guy that, like, comes up to the tailgate literally with nothing. Like, nothing to bring to the party. Like, how could you possibly... Sh- like, you're coming up to Memory Mall, right? And you have no beers. Have you have 12, no ice. Have a six-pack or something. You have no water, no chips, no anything. Yeah, you have nothing. literally nothing. Yeah, the freeloader. The freeloader. Yeah. And you're coming up to my tailgate. And, hey, man, what's going on? You know, blah, blah. No, sorry. You brought absolutely nothing. You, you know what? You could have brought like a trash bag, and I would have been like, "Oh, okay, great. You're gonna clean up all our yeah. shit, or be the grill master, or something <laughs> yeah. like that." No, get a volunteer. But get I your service feel hours. like every time there's some guy that brings absolutely nothing. Yeah, I I agree. The, it's horrible. The freeloader, not good. Uh, close cousin of that is the. Uh, do you have a phone charger guy? I feel like that, like, he shows up with nothing, and then is like, oh, yo, can I charge my phone on, like, my portable charger? I'm like, no, like, get out of here. But yeah, I bring a portable charger. That's for me, because I'm smart and prepared, and I have to have my phone, like, so I can tweet dumb shit during the game. That doesn't mean you get to have it. Like, right. It's not my fault you're an idiot and didn't charge your phone. Eh, I have a pretty large portable charger, though. So I have like two or three different USB ports that can plug in. Oh, so yeah. That's when you make friends, man. Yeah. Mine's only got one. I don't care. Um, what? Holy crap. Is that yours? Yeah. That's like bigger than mine. How I big was, is that? All right. So you guys can't see us, but I've been holding up a portable charger. I thought it was your phone. <laughs> it's bigger than my phone, dude. Look. It's like 20,000 and it's a fast. Oh, I have 20,000. Dude, it's a fast charger though. USB-C. Charge your whole phone in like 30 minutes. All right, so my fifth, uh, you know, people that you always see at tailgates, I'm going to go with the person wearing the random jersey. Probably not that big of a sports fan, and, you know, they've got like a 
I don't know. They're like, oh, it's a sporting event, so I'll just wear like a baseball jersey or something, and I'll wear a cu- I'll wear know. a Carrie Wood Cubs jersey. Yeah, and they're like, oh, you know, it's this is a sport, and I'm going to a sport, so they think they'll fit in. Instead, they look like the biggest idiot. Like you might as well just have worn a regular T-shirt, um, but you show how dumb you are by wearing jersey of other sport. Even worse is when people wear like an NFL jersey. I mean, as long as it's not a UCF player. Um, cause then it's just like, really like you pretend to be a fan, but then you show that you're not, uh, yeah. Anyway, so that's the, um, you know, the person wearing the random Jersey. And I guarantee you every listener on here will see at least one of these people Thursday for sure. If not then the next Saturday, <laughs> at and least the next all, Saturday. T- all 10. All right. Um, what did you leave off on, uh, honorable mention? Honorable mentions are the one more beer guy. So oh, when, that's me. When st- when everyone's like ready to clean up and everything, uh, the, the, you have this guy who's like running around and oh, just one more. Let's just get one more. But that's for rookies, dude. What what you should do is you should have one one beer in your hand when you're walking your stuff back to your car, and, and then when you get to your car, you put two beers in your hand, and you should absolutely not sneak any beer in the stadium. Never, never put beers in your back pocket. Yeah, your socks. I, I've seen too many people like get kicked out for that shit. So anyway, trust me, you're drunk enough. Put two beers in your hand for the walk from your car to the stadium, the march to victory. Dude, if you time it out just right, you can take one final swig from the right, one final swig from the left, and in the same motion, do like a double dunk into the trash can. Oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> right before you like show your ticket. <laughs> That's Dude, an amazing set of events I, right honestly, there. Honestly, by this time, I'm, like, so full. And I, I know I have – I do this. I always have beers in my hands. And, like, it's just, like, this slug of, like, warm <laughs> – And I just – I try and drink it, and I just can't. And I throw it in the trash can, and it, like, explodes. And, yeah, I'm not very good at that. Um, so, anyway, the other honorable mention is the slap the bag chick. Oh, okay. So, I don't know. Kind of this, based off my first one. but Yeah, this happened. This has only happened twice to me during tailgate, but there's two different girls. Uh, one was the Cincinnati, the Cincinnati game, and I remember this. Is this girl, like, she seemed like she was already drunk, but she took an entire, like, bag of wine, which, like, is a box wine, but she just, like, took the box off. Right. And I guess there's this game, like, that you play is, like, slap the bag. And you like slap it, and yeah. then you, you never played that. I don't know. Like spin around or something. Yeah, you like spin around. You slap this bag, and then you take a bunch of like franzias to the dome. Yeah, and then that's it. Yeah, but she's like running around, like trying to get people to slap the bag. Ooh, if you don't want to slap the bag, right? Yeah, it's not good. It's like you're either in it or you're not. And she was going for all the people that were not, and then that can we be, that ended can be up. Annoying. It was like a few hours later, and she was like upside down under a tree. And yeah, <laughs> it wasn't good. What's upside down? You mean like on her back? What? Like her feet were. Dude, in the her air? feet were like literally up on this tree. Oh, she's really upside down. <laughs> yeah, she uh, had a rough time. Anyway, don't yeah. slap the back. Yeah, for my honorable. Don't be me- that girl. My honorable mentions. Um, guy or girl talking on their phone the whole time, which I think I didn't say it because it kind of goes with like the uninterested significant other thing, and then just freshmen in general. Um. Walking around with the solo cup, like looking left and right, like every two seconds, like super sketchy. Right. Uh, you know, lanyard cargo shorts or like some dumb wig and face paint or something like that. 
All right, so that was our Fab Five people that you always see at tailgates. If you have any suggestions of what we should discuss next week, send them my way. All right, last but not least, we have Moose Mailbag. Moose Mailbag. These are questions that you tweeted us during the week. <laughs> We're going to go through a couple of our favorites here. So no, We answer all of them. We answer all of them. Besides, besides the ones we don't want besides to. Besides DJ Pog. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this one from Nug Get Hyped. All right, I can get hyped for uh, Nug. I, I like that. What are some of your favorite positive interactions you've had with fans who were sitting next to you at the games? I mean, I know all the people in my section because I've been there for like three years. But one thing that really sticks out, this is when I was at an away game at Memphis. I was sitting next to a bunch of Memphis fans, obviously, being an away game, and they were all, like, very, very, like, hospitable and very nice and stuff like that. And it was definitely, um, it was not like other away games I've been to when they've kind of been hostile. Uh, so, I don't know. It's kind of like a very vague question, but I would say uh, the Memphis people, and obviously, everyone that sits in my section, uh, 134, row one at UCF are the best people. Shout out to Brian and Ann who just got engaged. They sit right next to me. And not shout out to whoever owns seats like 7 through 12 that always puts them on StubHub and I've never met the people that have those seats. So you guys suck. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, what about you? It's hard to say because I like never, I almost never sit in the same section even though I've had my season tickets for my current season tickets for like two, yeah, I've had them for two seasons. The thing is, is that like everyone that I know wants to come to the game at like the last minute. So yeah. like I'll have friends who are like, oh, you know, I only have two tickets and I'm in one. Go on SeatGeek, promo code UCF Problems for $20 there off. There you go. <laughs> See, like I'm in 105, so I'm like right next to the students or uh right next to the family section where they run out of the where the team runs out of the stadium you're like right across from me in the end zone yes yeah and i only have two tickets so like when my friend wants to come it's like oh you know we end up selling our two tickets and then buying three somewhere else right and then you're never in your actual more and then more people want to come so we end up buying like four and more five and whatever so this year i put a stop to that i said no matter what how many people want to come they can all sit with me, so I bought nine nine total season tickets. What a man! So I have two guy. in one hundred and five, and then I have seven, uh, a seven block in like two thirty. It's like right above you. It's on the other side of the section. That's right. Oh, you're above right behind you. me. Yeah, two thirty four. Two thirty four. Yeah, like row twenty two though. This stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it is like the last row. <laughs> yeah, you're right next to the uh, luge cabanas or whatever they're called. Yeah. The lo- Loge? Lodge? Know. Lodge? Something like that. Uh, anyway, so... Yeah, good question. Thank you. It's a little different for me, but I do love when fans come It is come really... You know, I never really thought about this factor, but, like, after I've been to, like, three or four games in a row with all the same people around me, I realized how awesome it kind of was. Because, like, you, you end up being, like, your little section family. Like, they take care of me. Um, you know, the lady and that sits next to me, she always, like, brings me waters because she's, like, telling them I'm struggling and she's like <laughs> I think she's a nurse or her husband's or like, fiance's Sean a nurse or something and they take really good care of me but she always like brings me waters and stuff and eh, that's the kind of pampering you just don't get when you're you know switching seats all the time sure. so we're definitely a little family in, in 134 uh what's the next question 
All right, this next one's from Ryan Boberick. How soon can we get Squints on to do a detailed stats review? So, Great question, by the way. I love it. Squints is going to come on the next show, actually, and we're going to break down the quarterback play of whoever plays against FAMU. Detailed analytic report and uh, really dive into the numbers. And, you know, we're going to make a decision on who should be the starting quarterback going into that FAU game. So we're pretty much deciding who's starting week two. Well, actually, Squints is, but whatever. <laughs> Squints has some awesome info, man. Dude, he's great. And I feel really stupid when I talk when I talk to Squints. Because so he has like so many details of the game he, that I'm just like, he, I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, he definitely knows way more than me. And it's definitely good to get a different perspective than just like us. I mean, he's a literally an analyst for Pro Football Focus who sells their data to like pretty much all the NFL teams. So you're saying he knows what he's doing? I think he knows what he's doing a little bit. Couple more. This one from Drake Wickstrom. Where would you rank UF in a poll after the game last night? First of all, these polls are based off nothing. They haven't played any games yet, so like I, I can't without seeing any of the other teams play. How can I say where UF is? Like everyone else might suck too, and they could be like, oh, they're top ten. But it's all based off what you did last year. I mean, here's the thing: we're ranked the highest we've ever been ranked preseason. And we didn't even finish the year that good. And we lost our quarterback. And we're 17. What were we last year? 23? 21. 21? And we had Mackenzie Milton in the best season ever, undefeated. And we beat the team that beat both teams in the national championship. This year, we lose LSU. We lose our quarterback. And we're ranked higher. It just shows you how dumb the rankings are. But I, personally, I mean, if everyone else plays kind of average, I'd still bump UF down to like 10. I don't know. Uh, I mean, they suck. Like... Franks is not the answer at quarterback. They don't really have anyone else. Bad play calling. Why are you... Th so, they pretty much had the game sealed up. They had the ball with like five minutes left. You pretty much could just run the clock out at that point. First play is some pass, and Franks throws it right to the Miami guy. It's like, oh, here's the ball back. You guys get one more chance. That was awful. Yeah. Um, that game know. overall was just a game ugly. is horrible. But, you know, it was football, and it's better than not having football. So, where would you put my uh, UF, you think? I guess all, all things probably. I mean, I would probably keep them the same, just knowing that they're probably going to lose a decent number of games. Yeah. It, it all depends on who or how, you know, the teams around them play the That's the thing. The next it's, year. it's tough to say with just one game. So, it's tough to say. All um, right. Yeah. So, we'll go to the next one. This one's from Brando Nitro. Do you think DJ is referring to Daryl Mack, will overtake Wimbush as QB1 when he gets over his injury? All right, so that's a tough question. Like we talked about with Israel before, the best-case scenario is Wimbush just balls out, right? Right. That, I mean, that would be great yeah, if he did. That would be awesome, but then we wouldn't have anything to talk about. And I, I don't know. I hope he does. I just I don't know. You know, I've never seen him play. His audition's Thursday for me. You're performing for me. Um, that's all I can say. Honestly, I think Mac, it, it comes down, you know, Hypo's offense is about passing and I think Mac's just a really gifted passer and I hope Wimbush can, but I just don't know if he can. So if that's the case, I think Mac's going to be the guy, but dude, I don't know. We haven't seen anything. So yeah, we'll see Thursday. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, it all depends. I mean, look, I, th I think Daryl Mac is the guy. But really, how many games has he played for us? Three? Three total? 
Yeah, really not that much, but that's crazy because that's three more than all of our other quarterbacks combined. That is true. It's infinitely um, more, literally infinitely more. <laughs> I will, you know, I I haven't been like a huge Wimbush backer um, throughout, gotta be. throughout the offseason, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. I haven't seen him play in a game. Yeah, I've watched like Since one Notre Dame. I haven't I just, seen him play in a game, you know, with the UCF jersey on. Squints broke down, like, his numbers and stuff like that, so I just go off what he says. So, may, I, I'm, I might not know anything. I honestly have no idea. So, we'll see. I'm really big into just watching the games, seeing how they play. It's one of my you favorite know? parts of football is watching the games. Stats are one thing. It, it Just the on-the-field presence is a totally different story, and that's how I rate yeah, I really hope he goes in, balls out, and proves me. I love, I love being wrong. You Going know, in, balls you, out. You got someone dug this up the other day. There was a, a thread in the dungeon, the rivals dungeon, where I was like, <laughs> "This is so dumb. I can't believe I'm admitting this." This is when McKenzie was possibly he was kind of MIA. We didn't know if he was going to come back his sophomore year. I was like, I think if Pete DeNovo really can learn Frost's playbook, he can be the guy to lead us for the next few years. And McK- can we I, please dig that up? Yeah, and I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll tweet it. Like, I think I prefaced it with like, I don't think McKenzie's coming back. Pete DeNovo is going to be our guy for the next couple years if he can really learn Frost's offense. And that was like the most wrong thing ever. Um, another good one is I think it was during the Cure Bowl or something in KZ's freshman year. Uh, where I was like, his hands are just way too small. I can't hold on to the football. He'll never be anything better than like a, a above average high school quarterback. <laughs> um, and, and honestly, I have like the smallest hands ever. So I don't know why I was making fun of his hand size. He fumbled a lot, dude. He had six fumbles against Maryland his first game. Yeah, he did. He yeah. Did. Um, but I think he kind of got that all cleaned up. Uh, do we have any other questions? No, that's it. All right, thanks for listening, guys. Real quick, if you don't mind, take a couple seconds and leave us a review on iTunes or SoundCloud, Spotify. Uh, we're on all those. Also, Google Play, whatever you're listening. Takes two seconds. Just, you know, really, really would help us out. Um, we appreciate all you guys listening. Uh, the growth from year one to year two is insane. And, yeah, we're just, you know, glad you're a part of it. So thanks so much for listening. Again, subscribe if you haven't already. Follow us on Twitter. Oh, uh, if you see me at the game Thursday, yeah, come say hi, and let's take pictures and have fun. Sounds good. I unfortunately will not be at the game on Thursday. Moo will not be there. He has a real job. But that is the last home game that I'll be missing for the entire year, so I'll be at all really? the other ones. Yeah. Interesting. Well, we can't go to the conference championship because somebody decided to get married. What an idiot. <laughs> Seriously. Dude, I'm gonna unbelievable. I'm gonna roast him so good in my best man speech. While you have your phone in the other hand, like watching the game. <laughs> I thought you meant reading the speech. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah. I mean, I read yours off a piece of paper and off my phone. So. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. That's our show. Thanks for listening. Go Knights. Charjo.
combinations. Combinations. <laughs> 